Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by one of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voisin. A paralegal for more than 20 years, Vicki is dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, the Paralegal Mentor and host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm Anella Advanced Certified Paralegal. I publish a weekly e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies, and I'm also the co-author of The Professional Paralegal, a guide to finding a job and career success. You'll find more information at paralegalmentor.com. I have two guests with me today. The first is Ruth Connolly, and the second is Linda Corrette. Both of them are from Houston, and we're going to be talking about your annual performance review. So welcome, Ruth. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. Hi, Vicki. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you could take the time to be with me. So before we begin, our sponsors should be recognized and thanked. That would be Boston University, offering an online certificate in paralegal studies. And if you're seeking a professional credential or just want to further develop your skills, Boston University provides an affordable, high-quality, 14-week program. Visit paralegalonline.beasinboyu.com. Dot edu for more information. That's paralegalonline.bu.edu. We're also sponsored by NALA, a professional association for paralegals, providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA recently celebrated its 40th anniversary. It's a very stable force in the promotion and advancement of the paralegal profession. It's been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since the beginning. And ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers, work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday job. Guests are usually included to help explore timely topics, and for that reason, I've invited Ruth Conley and Linda Corrett to be with me today. And Ruth and Linda, I appreciate your being here, and the first thing I want you to do is tell Tell our listeners about you, your career path, and uh, just your role in the paralegal field. This is Ruth. I've been a paralegal for over 25 years, starting my career in 1989, uh, primarily working for defense law firms. Um, Very early on in my career, I had... I had decided to be involved in paralegal associations. And so I've been actually involved with three locally in, uh, in the Texas area, started in the Beaumont area and now in Houston. And uh, when I found out about NALA, then I took the opportunity to be involved with NALA, which I enjoy very, very much. You've held several positions, a region director? I have been a regional director, director for District 1, which is Texas, Oklahoma, um, Louisiana. 
and um, Arkansas, and I was also on the uh, Continuing Education Committee for about three years. Okay. Okay. What firm are you with in Houston? I am with Andrews Kurth. Um, it's a law firm based out of Houston, but we have offices in L.A. and Washington and in London and, and Beijing around the world. All right. And Linda? I began my paralegal career in 1983. Uh, I don't know if I should be admitting that, but anyway. Um, I have worked for small firms, um, worked for legal consulting groups. I've worked for midsize nationwide firms, international firms, and I've also had the fortunate, I guess, uh, fortune of working for several different, in several different positions. I've been a paralegal. I've worked in practice support group for a national law firm. I've also uh, been a firm administrator. Um, About the only thing I haven't touched, I think, so far is uh, marketing and recruiting. Okay. Now, Ruth, I know you're an ACP. I want to get back to Linda, though, because I think you are a paralegal with a ton of initials behind your name. So (laughs) tell me about those. Well, um, I became a certified paralegal through NALA back in 91, I believe. Sometime later, I was living in San Antonio and felt a little uh, antsy in my job. And my husband suggested, you love to go to school. You love to learn. What about going back to school? So I ended up going back for a master's in business administration, relocated back to Houston, And about, uh, I guess, probably 96, 97, the State Bar of Texas finally reached a result with regard to voluntary certification and partnered with the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. And they offer, TBLS is the entity that offers specialization to attorneys, and they now offer, since I guess 1996, they offer specialization to paralegals in just a diverse uh, practice Uh, area. So I am board certified through TBLS in civil trial law. Okay. Now, both of you uh, were co-presenters at the NALA convention, and you talked about the annual review. And I want to give our uh, listeners a little bit of information about what you shared there. And I'm going to start this by admitting to you I've never had an annual review my entire paralegal career, so I understand I should have. What do you think? Well, I'm just going to ask you, maybe you had one, but you didn't know it. Over the years, did you ever just sit down and ask your your employer if he thought you, you were doing what you were supposed to be doing? Did you, need, did you have any goals, you wanted, any areas that he wanted you to learn more on? Actually, no. And I know you don't want to hear that either. And I think many people dread an annual review. I didn't want any bad news. So tell us why we do want an annual review. You want to tell me that, Linda? Well, I think what you just said, the first thing I thought of was um, it's not necessarily no news is good news. You still would like some reaffirmation from an employer that you are meeting or exceeding their expectations. And everyone wants to know that... um, I guess, uh, sit down with their employer and hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I think there's room for improvement in everyone. And I think what you mentioned about never having a review, what I would say to someone who says my employer does not do that, they don't go through the, the process or the motions of that, um, whether it be a self-evaluation or a formal evaluation by your employer, um, there's nothing wrong with taking the initiative and asking like Ruth said, to sit down with someone for 20 minutes and just talking about your performance, whether it be the last six months, the last 12 months, Mm -hmm. um, when you start a new job, perhaps after the first 90 days, how am I doing? 
You know, there are things that I could improve on. Um, am I following protocol? Are there things that I should be aware of? Okay. Well, it's all about communication. I think that's what the, is the importance of a, a review process. Do, do you have really good communication with your employer? Or are you on separate tangents? I mean, do, are, do your goals align with your employer's expectations okay. of you? And that is why it's important for you to have reviews. Okay. Now, how did performance reviews start? We haven't always had performance reviews. And I noticed that actually uh, it started with the federal government wanting performance reviews. Real performance reviews mandating did start with the the federal government after World War II. But basically evaluating employees started before that when, uh, when the Industrial Revolution happened in America. And people were looking at uh, ways to make employees employees work better, more efficiently, doing quality work. That's how it started. But it wasn't until after World War II uh, that they started evaluating people. And then the government in the 50s, um, in 1950, U.S. Congress passed the Performance Ratings Act, which mandated annual reviews of federal employees. And then, of course, other large companies followed on, and now it's just something that that they do every yeah. every day. Every Actually, day. I think it happens more in larger firms than it yes. does in the smaller firms, but it's still really important. Now, when you're getting ready for your performance review, what tips do you have? I know that there are mistakes that people can make. What would those be? I think it's important for you to, of course, if, when you learn that your, import, your review is happening, let's say, in 30 days, you should have also already been been preparing for it. It's important to track your accomplishments throughout the year, almost like billing. Keep track of what you've done. Okay. Um, it's also important to have past reviews in your uh, in your little uh, file. Like your did HR you meet, file. Yeah. In your, did you meet your expectations of last year? Did they set any goals? Did you meet them? It's very important. It's also important to have your statistics. Um, since I'm coming from a, de- a defense perspective, we, of course, bill and you should know your billing statistics for over the past year. Did you uh, do better than you did last year, or were things slow? And um, it's not your fault if you didn't keep up, but they understand those type of things. But that's what you need in your performance review file. Okay. Well, Linda, why does keeping an updated list of your accomplishments, why is that important? Why do we do that? And what if the firm doesn't normally keep, uh, keep those for you? Should you make sure that that happens? I think there are several reasons that you need to be responsible for keeping up with your own accomplishments. Um, First, you're in charge of your own career. You're the steward of your own career. Um, It's really not, um, you shouldn't expect your employer to keep up with your accomplishments. The employer's job, unfortunately, is to document the negative things sometimes, not the positive. So the positive, you have to take responsibility for. Um, Second, it's really important to have the information readily available when it's time for your annual review. It can really go a long way towards justifying your existence at the firm, so to speak. And also, when you go and expect a bonus or you uh, would like an increase in your compensation, it helps to have something to document that. It's also, I always tell people, it's really beneficial to have your accomplishments tracked at all times because it helps you when you're uh, building or updating a resume. Um, it's unfortunate. I hear a lot of people that their resumes are never up to date. And, you know, you get a call from a recruiter at 10 a.m. one morning. They've got the, you know, the perfect dream job, and it takes you a week and a half to update your resume. Um, that window's passed probably 
closed, shut, locked by the time you finish and get the resume to them. It's also, in this day and age, it's really important to kind of keep track of your accomplishments. Uh, that file that you're building towards your performance review can help you build a profile on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is, is a great tool for networking, and you want to put information out there that's going to grab people's attention and give them a good snapshot of what it is you do and your specialty, um, what you're great at. And then, obviously, if you, you keep track of your accomplishments, when you go to interview for a job, it really gives you an idea or an indication of the types of things that an employer, a prospective employer, might be asking you. Um, and so you can expand, use that information and expand on some, some great answers. Okay. And do people usually do that uh, electronically, Ruth? You know? Um, well, I think it file. depends on the paralegal, how electronic, you're comfortable with electronic data keeping. Most people do it through trackers. You, It could be a Word a document. It could be handwritten. <laughs> I mean, it's a, really a personal choice as to how you track your accomplishments. Actually, your topic title at, NAL, at the NALA convention was, Are You Sabotaging Your Annual Performance Review? Give me an example or more than one example of how you would be, how people do sabotage their annual review. You want to start with that, Linda? I think the first, uh, the most obvious thing you can do to sabotage your review is not being prepared, not having the documentation, not having the tools that you need, and going in blind. That's first and foremost. Uh, the second uh, reason that a lot of people sabotage their own performance reviews is uh, going in and having the wrong form of communication, um, being perhaps a little too defensive, um, not being open-minded. Sometimes uh, things can be unfair. Perhaps you're evaluated by a few attorneys on a, a bad morning for them, the, the morning it comes across their desk. You kind of have to take the constructive criticism and sometimes you have to take a what I call a breather. Um, Ruth and I were talking about this earlier today. Um, it, it helps. If you're blindsided, shell-shocked, um, you don't know what to do, how to respond, rather than be defensive. Uh, going or into, crying. Going into that mode, <laughs> yes. Crying, um, just losing your composure. Sometimes it's good if you can just listen and then sit back and ask if you can absorb everything, have some time to kind of uh, process it all and get back together with the person in either 24 hours, uh, a week, or a month. And a lot of people will respect that. Um, it just shows that you, you take it serious okay. and that you'd like time to gather your thoughts. And it's really beneficial. It's kind of like, you know, firing off an email or acting impulsively. Um, you don't want to do that in a performance review because okay. it defeats the purpose. Okay. Do you have any other ways? Well, I wanted to add that mainly um, it's it's hard for people not to get defensive when you hear some criticism from your employer. And most people want to react and start um, making excuses. I think that's common. But one thing maybe you need to think of saying instead of making excuses or saying it was a bad time, you know, I was under all this pressure, you just turn it around and say, well, what would you have had me do in this instance instead? What would have been the appropriate channels? Then so turn it around with Turn a it question. around and let them respond. Okay. Because you're surprised. It may not be as negative as you think it is. 
you'll probably say, well, you did this right, but maybe you should have done this one little step further instead. And so it wasn't really all negative. Mm -hmm. It was sometimes positive, but it's hard when someone comes at you with this criticism not to just hear the bad stuff and not listen to uh, the overall picture of what they're saying. Okay. Linda and Ruth, it's time to take a short break to hear from our sponsors, Boston University, NAWA, the Association of Legal Assistance Paralegals, and ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion of performance reviews. Are you looking to advance your career? Do you know someone who wants to enter the paralegal profession? Boston University's fully online certificate in paralegal studies is a fantastic option. It's affordable, takes just 14 weeks to complete, and is led by accomplished faculty who teach employer-focused skills like legal research, writing, technology, and more. Visit paralegalonline.bu.edu for more information and to download a free brochure. That's paralegalonline.bu.edu. NAWA means professional. NAWA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NAWA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NAWA works actively with all those in the legal field, to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Welcome back to The Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, and my guests today are Linda Corrett and Ruth Conley, two paralegals from Houston, Texas, and what they're doing is talking about preparing for your annual performance review. Now, I talk frequently about setting career goals and how you have to have you know, short-term and long-term goals and all of that, but what about setting performance goals, Linda? You know, what do, how do you set those, and what exactly um, are, are employers looking for? Well, in setting personal goals and uh, professional goals, the first thing you need to ask is what do you want to accomplish and also what you need to uh, improve upon. Think about areas in which you could truly improve performance, your knowledge, training. Second, ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Why is it that you go through the steps that you do and do what you do each day? Next, how well must I do it? Um, and those would be quantifying and using metrics um, by how many, how much, to what extent, those types of questions. The goal is that you just don't do the minimum and just meet your employer's expectations, but try to meet and exceed them. Um, and then how am I doing? Kind of look inside yourself and try to be fair and realistic 
uh, how am I doing? You know, did I do a poor job at this? What could I take from that experience and improve upon next time? Um, so it's all about quality uh, versus quantity. Okay. Quality hours um, are much more beneficial to a client and the attorneys you work for than uh, quantity of hours. You can be the top biller, but if you're not performing at a high level and you're not you know, meeting deadlines, then actually it's, you're not ahead. Okay. Now, Linda, I know that in your presentation you talked about the five golden rules of goal setting. Can you explain that? I hadn't heard of that uh, particular issue. Uh, Sure. There are five golden rules when sitting down and putting together your goals for the year. Uh, Rule number one, your goals should motivate you. They should make you want to perform and want to achieve the goal that you have in mind. Uh, Second, the goal should be SMART, and that's an acronym which we'll talk about later perhaps. Rule number three, put goals in writing. If you see them in writing, you're more likely to reach those goals versus having them in the back of your mind. You're going to forget them, so reducing them to writing will help out a lot. The fourth golden rule is making an action plan. How are you going to get to that goal? Uh, For example, the CP exam, how are you going to get there? You don't just go and show up to take the test. Ordering the materials, putting together a calendar, do I sign up for a study group? What nights am I going to study? What will I tackle on each night? That kind of thing. And then rule number five, sticking with it. Uh, You can't get frustrated right out of the gate when you feel like you're not working towards your goal fast enough. Um, You have to keep going and uh, put your negativity aside and just keep your eye on the ball. Okay. I've always said that unless you write that goal down, it's just a wish. And uh, so it's very important to write it down and even maybe share it with a friend or something so that it keeps you on track. The other thing that I think is important in goal setting is to set in your calendar, if you can, when you're going to actually accomplish this. For instance, on Friday, whatever date you choose, you're going to uh, send in your application to take the CP exam. Or, you know, it has to be very specific and broken down so that you can get that done. So I like those golden rules. That's terrific. Now, I want to talk with you, Ruth, just a little bit about uh, the actual... Uh, performance review. I want to talk about uh, some tips to actually communicate effectively and the important parts of getting, getting ready, being prepared for that. At the meeting itself, be open to um, your evaluation, all the remarks, all the criticism, all the praise. Be honest and take responsibility of your actions when they, someone has said to you, maybe, well, last year, uh, this year, this past year, you didn't perform in an area as well as um, you did the year before. Uh, like I said, be honest, take responsibility. I said, yes, I did. I did not. But I plan to do better next year. Just be that quick be easy. You do not need long explanations. So Um, in other words, let me just interrupt you here. You don't give excuses. No excuses. Okay. 
because it would be hard to not be defensive and want to say, oh, I, you know, I was sick for two weeks or something like that. And that's well, what we happened. all have personal issues that happen. And employers understand that, especially if you had a major tragedy in your in your family, they're going to expect that your job performance is going to decrease somewhat. Um, it, it's going to be acknowledged. But again, as Linda said way earlier in the uh, interview that uh, it's up to them to employers don't really track your accomplishments they always talk about the negative so they understand what's going on things happen but in your review meeting you also if you want to have more um, training this is the time to discuss it I mean you're not going to get an opportunity usually you only have these performance reviews once a year so now's the time to discuss those type of issues if you'd like to doesn't mean that you're going to uh, the your reviewer is going to have a response you may need to go to another committee go to the um, the firm manager. So this is when you ask, well, can I have another meeting about this? Um, I think that's really important. Um, not everything has to be accomplished as your annual performance review meeting. You can ask for another meeting at a time to, to discuss your salary. You can ask for another meeting to discuss um, the time for training. Or maybe you would like to bump up more education, um, CLE education, have them pay for it. But remember, when you ask for these meetings, Give some time for you to become prepared. I mean, see how many hours of CELA you want and uh, be ready for that. So this, I, have, I know this is going to happen in July. NALA has their annual convention every year. I'd like to go next year. I haven't been in five years. And so it gives them some time to respond and look up and see whether it's going to be, uh, they feel it's a good fit for them. When you do that, should you come prepared with what it's going to cost, um, how much time it's going to take, or does that happen later? No, I think you could have an idea. You can give them a general idea. Well, last year it cost $500, so I expect you know, the cost, unless they increase, it should be around this amount. So you can give them some expectation. But that's why you can prepare. You need to have, it's going to be, we usually know when the annual convention is going to be. And so you can say it's going to be in Las Vegas next year. And so, you know, playing fairs usually cost at this time, they cost this much. I don't know what they're going to cost a year from now. But, I mean, at least you can have a general idea and give it to them. And that way they can put it in their budget for next year. And then you also know, well, I'd like for them to send me this way so you do not ask to be sent to some other um, You're specific then. Exactly. Okay. I think it helps to be specific. All right. Ruth, we're about done for today. We're running out of time, but I would like to know, do you have any tips for effective communication during the performance review? It's, uh, I know it's important to be able to communicate, and you have to do that so that you're not offending anyone. So tell me about some of those tips that you might have. Well, tips in communicating, it's not just about your verbal skills. It's not all about what you say. It's also about how you act in this meeting. You need to maintain eye contact. You need to have an attentive posture, sit erect, don't go slouching, which I'm sure most paralegals would not do, and also have a professional manner. We said this before, try not to be emotional. When you do receive a negative criticism um, or feedback, it's hard Maybe it's not cry, especially if it's extremely harsh, but um, you need to try to maintain that uh, professional manner. Another effective thing you can do is to listen. 
and take notes. I mean, when you're sitting in this interview, it may be hard for you to remember. I don't know how long they last, 30 minutes to an hour. It may, hard, it may be hard for you to remember everything that you heard. So go ahead and take notes. And also, I think it's very important for you to ask for specific examples, especially when you receive negative feedback. A lot of times, HR people, I feel, are taught to be very general, say things in general terms. Well, we don't think that you were as an effective employee this year. Well, can you tell me how? Can you give me in a specific example? It's important for you to do that or else you can go back to your office and think that everything you did <laughs> was not as good as it was last year. So ask for specifics. Good tips. Good tips. Linda, do you have any tips? The documenting a file is really important. I think that you need to keep track of all of your CLE hours, all of your training, whether it was required in-house or something that you did on your own time at your own cost, uh, presentations you may have given, articles that you've written. I think that that demonstrates your commitment to the profession and your career. And I think it goes a long way with employers because if you have a team of paralegals at your firm, and perhaps others aren't as as gung-ho and have the same initiative you do, that's information whether the firm paid for you to attend that training and gather that knowledge or whether you did it on your own. It's uh, kind of sharing the wealth and and paying it forward, sharing that with other paralegals at your firm. And uh, an employer appreciates that shared knowledge. And um, they like the knowledge base. It makes them feel better that they have paralegals on staff that know what they're doing and that they're anxious to further their own career. Okay. Good tips. Good tips from both of you. Now, we're about out of time. And what I'd like to know, just before we leave you today, is if any of our listeners wish to get in touch with you, you know, how would they do that? They can email me at my work address, which is um, Ruth Conley, R-U-T-H-C-O-N-L-E-Y, at andrewskurth.com. Kurth is K-U-R-T-H, right? Kurth is K-U-R-T-H. Okay, thank you. And Linda? I'm with the law firm of Strasburger & Price. We're based in Dallas, and we have offices in Houston, San Antonio, Austin, D.C., and Mexico City. And I can be reached at Linda, L-I-N-D-A, dot Kurth, C-A-R-R-E-T-T-E, at Strasburger, and it's S-T-R-A-S Burger, like hamburger, B-U-R-G-E-R dot com. And I'm also uh, reachable through a different email. I am a director for the State Bar of Texas for District 1, the greater Houston area. And I can also be reached at the emailed District 1, that's the number one, at txpd dot org. That's TX for Texas, PD, Paralegal Division, dot org. Okay. Thank you both for being with me today. I appreciate your taking the time, and I look forward to learning more about the annual review, which I hope I never have. How's that? <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. Vicky. Thank you, Vicki. Let's take another short break now, but don't go away, because when I come back, I'll have news and career tips for you. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to The Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, and we have been talking today about uh, your annual review. This is the time of the program when I give you some tips, and I'm going to continue with Ruth 
and Linda's um, advice that they've had for you today. And that is to be sure you're keeping track of all of your accomplishments. If you uh, attend a conference, if you uh, write an article, if you speak at a meeting, be sure you keep track of that so that if you do have to update your resume, if you have to prepare a CV, as I did once and I had to Go back and really um, almost look through 20 years of, of accomplishments and get those written down. Wouldn't have been so difficult had I kept track. So that's my advice for you. Email those to me at Vicki, V-I-C-K-I, at paralegalmentor.com. And don't forget to check out my blog, paralegalmentor.com slash blog. And the resources available there will be wonderful for you. I've designed them to help you move your career in the right direction, and that direction is always forward. This is Vicki Voison thanking you for listening to The Paralegal Voice and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Vicki Voisin for her next podcast on issues and trends affecting paralegals and legal assistants. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.